Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his. Amen. As we're continuing with our current sermon series, we've been talking about standing in love, standing in love, right? Because so many people throughout the culture, they find themselves actually falling in love, falling in love, right? And when I say falling in love, I'm saying not standing and being who God has called them to be, demonstrating the love of God throughout the relationship. So they find themselves actually falling in these relationships by falling short of who God has called them to be. So we want to encourage you to actually stand in love on this morning. Stand in love. Amen. And so listen, we're going to, y'all know what I mean, y'all get to be some gymnast regardless of your age, your flexibility, your weight, whatever the case may be. So if you have your Bibles, if you can indulge me, but let's honor God, let's stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to flip over to the book of Romans, chapter number six, landing a perfect 10 on chapter, uh, verse number 12, I should say. So Romans six and 12, Romans six and 12. Amen. And here begins the reading of God's word. It says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey in the lust thereof. Amen. You could be seated in the presence of the living God. Amen. Amen. And listen, so the title that I'm working with on today, we're going to be talking about a strange love, a strange love, a strange love. Amen. As we're pressing through with this standing in love series, we're talking about a strange love. And understand this right here. Any any type of love that is not a biblical definition, that is not cons- under the confines of what God considers to be love, note that it is going to actually be strange. Amen. And I'm asking you guys out there, pray for me. Those of you that are watching online, please pray for me as I try my best to give what God has given. Amen. So we're going to be talking about sin. We're going to be talking about sin, 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 right? Sin. It's a short word, but it has a long sentence. If you understand what I'm saying, it's a short word, a three-letter word, but indeed has a long sentence. We're talking about the word sin sin, right? And so how we came to this as we're talking about sin, right? Uh, As I was... uh, not too many days ago, I was trying to go to sleep, and I was laying on my back, and God began to speak to me, and the Lord began to tell me, he said, the people of God are in a relationship, an S&M relationship with sin. I was like, huh, what in the, Jesus, what does that mean? Uh, you heard what I said. He said, the people are in an S&M type relationship with sin, right? And I was like, okay, God, that's that's wild. That's kind of crazy. And so, you know, I, I, I have an understanding of what S&M is, right? And so when you think about it, S&M, right? I'm going to give you some, 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 some meanings for this thing because S&M is actually a version of BDSM. B as in boy, D as in dog, S as in Sam, M as in Mary, right? BDSM. So S&M is actually a version, uh, a version of this right here. And we know uh, a movie like Fifty Shades of Grey actually tried to, you know, hype this up, right? This, this type of love, this type of experience up, right? But listen, when you talk about BDSM, right, uh, these, this acronym is, is, is basically talking about bondage for the B. And then when you have uh, for the D, it can either be described as discipline or dominance, right? And then you have the S. S is sadism or submission. And then the M is for masochism, right? So. Think about this as we're talking about sin. I want you to understand sin, how sin is trying to dominate or sin is trying to exercise dominance over the people of God through having this relationship with people. And people may not even understand that they have actually been dominated by sin, right? And so when you think about these particular letters, S, 
N M, right? And then you have S N M, right? Think of it like this here. Uh, S N M can simply stand for say no more. Because if, if sin is, if the people are engaged in an S and M type relationship with sin, think about some of the things that transpire in this, in this type of environment, right? Uh, uh, there's gagging, right? And so when you think about sin, sin is gagging some of the people, so it's refraining them or hindering them from confessing, right? So S N M say no more. I, I won't say no more what I've been exposed to, what I've been involved in, what I'm actually thinking about, what I desire to do, what I long to do, what I have done. I will say no more, right? Uh, S N M also talks about uh, the people of God because of them being dominated by sin. They come to a place where they no longer want to serve no more. They don't want to serve God no more. Serve as an individual in the house of God no more. Serve in the calling that God has placed upon their life. They don't want to serve no more. Be the man. Be the woman who God has called them to be. So they don't want to serve. No more, right? And then when you think about SNM, they're living like they are not saved no more. You, you understand? Living any type of way, any old kind of way, just doing whatever their hearts desire, right? Because they really don't care. They're indifferent now. You know, there is no conviction anymore. The Word of God used to convict them, right? Uh, they, they, they used to lift up their hands without wrath and doubt. Now they're actually using their hands for any and everything pertaining to sin, right? So they're living like they're not saved saved no more. And when you talk about SNM, uh, it can also mean they, they surrender no more. They're not surrendered to the purpose of God. They're not surrendered to the plan of God. They're not surrendered to the will of God. They're not surrendered to the word of God anymore, right? It's I'm going to do my own thing. I am in control of my own life. I'm going to live my best life. You heard it. Yeah, I'm going to live my best life. And because you ha have fell into this mindset, I'm going to live my best life. You don't even understand that you're actually being dominated by sin, right? And then when you still talk about SNM, right? Uh, they're stirred no more. They're, 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 they're no longer stirred no more. The word of God used to stir them, right? When they would hear the word, the word would prick their heart. It would stir them as they're convicted by the word of God to go and repent about the things that they knew were not right before God. Those thoughts that they had, those emotions that they had, those deeds and actions that they did, they're no longer stirred by the word of God. They're no longer stirred by the call of God, not even stirred by the laying on the hands that was placed upon them, reminding them of who they are, who God has called them to be, and what God has called them to do. And so you got to understand there are many people, I'm talking about believers in the body of Christ who, who have lent their members over to sin to be used as instruments of unrighteousness, whereas your body parts, your members should be used for righteousness, for the kingdom of God. And so because of this, sin is ruling, is reigning, is dominating, and the relationship as well as on the inside of the physical bodies. We need some help. We need some help. We need some help, right? And then when you talk about SNM, SNM, the, the actual version, SNM, right? That can be seen as slave and master. 
Uh, this is what sin is. Uh, uh, the person who is in this relationship with sin, they become slave to now their master, and their master is known as sin. Sin is their master. It is reigning over them. It has them in a place of bondage, right? And so these are some definitions that I want to talk about. As you see on the screen, we're talking about bondage, right? Bondage, bondage. And bondage is simply defined as servitude or subjugation to a controlling person or force, right? A control in person or force 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 being sin sin is the force that is actually causing you to now abide in a place of servitude or being subjugated to sin and sin is actually controlling you uh, there are some days you wake up with a thought process that I want to do this I want to accomplish this but because I'm being controlled by another force that force that is of sin I cannot do what I set my mind to do the desire that I want to do I, I, I know that I've been called I know that there's more pertaining to my life I know God has called me to be somebody to make a difference not just in this life but all the lives that those are connected to me in my community at my schoolhouse at college on my job in my marriage with my children in my church in my city God has called me to be a differing factor but I can't seem to make a difference why because I am now being controlled by sin 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 it is the force the thing that is controlling me the thing that is controlling me and you got to understand when you think about this bondage, right? Y'all know a part of the S&M lifestyle, right? It, it, it deals with being tied up and handcuffed and all these different things right there. So understand sin ties some of the people, right? To keep you from living a holy lifestyle, a, a, a living free and a loving lifestyle before Christ, living as one in Christ uh, so that the love of God can be demonstrated through you amongst the body, amongst those other people, right? Sin keeps you in a place of bondage to where you can no longer live free, living a loving life as a believer in Christ, right? So now we're talking about discipline, right? This is, the, this is one of the D uh, words right here, discipline. And discipline is simply defined as punishment, not orderly or prescribed conduct. It, it's punishment. Uh, and so think about in the s &M, right, that people get off on being punished. They get off on being punished. And if we're being real, the Bible lets us know that sin is pleasurable for a season, right? There are some sins that you commit and it feels real good to, to actually commit that thing. It feels real good to actually think that thing. It feels real good to actually feel that thing, to go and walk that thing out, to walk therein in sin, even though you understand that it's not pleasing unto God. It is affecting your mortal body. It is affecting everybody that you are in connection with, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, the body of Christ. But, but you don't care about that, right? Because listen, there are some punishments that actually bring you pleasure, known as sin, right? And so when we talk about discipline, this is not the orderly or prescribed conduct, but it is talking about punishment. And then there is dominance. Dominance, right? When you talk about dominance, uh, this is what sin is doing. It's controlling. It is a controlling power or influence over others. So sin has a power, and, and through this power, it is utilizing this power to control and influence you. Hmm. Do you know somebody and can you relate? Yeah. Uh, there, there are some folk I've heard believers who've been saved 15 and, and 13 plus years and 10 plus years where God has delivered them from the blood. Oh, but let them get a whiff 
of the of the of the of of of, of the smell of weed in the atmosphere, and, and, and they'll say, "Whoo, Jesus, that weed smells good." I appreciate your truth, but you understand what I'm saying. But 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 even in the whiff of smell, see if you're not careful, that that's. Sin, that remembrance of that sin of that act can actually take you back and that's the power of memory right there where the enemy can use the power of memory through sin he can take you back to a time when you used to get high what was hitting a blunt you know it, was, it, it made it easy for you to deal with the stresses in your life because listen I'm gonna hit this thing and listen I ain't got to worry about what's going on it is taking me away from all of the issues and the things that I would have to deal with it's giving me an escape do you know somebody <laughs> and can you relate? Well, there are things that sin has allowed you to actually escape from some of the real life issues that you're dealing with. Dominance, dominance. Then when you get to the S or BDSM, S is talking about sadism, right? And sadism is, is sexual gratification from the infliction of physical pain or humiliation on another person, right? And if we're talking about being in relationship with sin, in essence, in relationship with sin, this is what sin is actually doing to individuals, right? There are some people who get gratification from the infliction of physical pain or humiliation because you got to be honest and be real with yourself. Sin actually brings physical pain to your life, whether you want to acknowledge it, realize it or not, because uh, it's causing you to actually actually become dead right and think about when Christ died for you right those of us who who went in death with him we also was resurrected with him right and so understand but if you allow yourself to remain in sin be in relationship with sin it will bring about physical pain not just physical pain but it will bring about humiliation and see don't nobody want to tell the truth there are many times in my life before I got sold out I was on the way to being sold out there were still some things that God was working out right that, like, like the anger that I was dealing with right there were some days that my anger it would cause me to be humiliated right I would explode at the wrong time I would get angry at the wrong person I took or interpreted what they said to be something else and it caused me to respond and it caused me to react when that's not even what they meant you understand because the anger caused me to become defensive or the anger caused me to become offended and because I was defensive or offended I lashed out you got to understand and that sin of anger that sin of anger right it caused me to bring about physical pain Right, because there's some of us where you can get so mad you'll start hitting stuff. I got mad just the other day. I was so mad at my children the other day. I slapped my counter. I slapped the dog on uh uh uh, uh granite so hard my finger got bruised. I said Jesus Christ. Well, whoo, that was a dummy move. That was a dummy move. That was a dummy move. I can hardly ball up my hand after that. And God said, that's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But even though sin can bring about physical pain, it can also humiliate you. I know y'all don't want to talk about, oh yeah, for some of y'all, you done got caught out there with that shameful walk. You, you understand what I'm saying? That next morning you was walking out the door and closing the door, walking with your shoes in your hand. Do you know somebody? And can you really, oh, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. Yeah, you been there where you done snuck in somebody's house and somebody snuck you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And afterwards, when the sun came up, you had to do that walk of 
ashamed of. You got caught out there because your friend dropped you off or you took the bus because you were so infatuated with that dude. Not understanding that after everything went down, uh, now I got to walk and got to figure out how I'm going to get back home. Sin humiliated you. I know you ain't going to talk about it. Appreciate your little golf class, but that's all right. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about it today. When we move to the next S word, we're talking about submission, right? And submission is defined as a bending to the authority or control of another. And so understand by being in relationship and in relationship with sin. Listen, there were some of you rather than being submitted to God, to the spirit of God, to the word of God, to the kingdom of God, to the purpose of God, to the plan of God. You find yourself being submitted to sin. Oh, you find yourself bending to sin. Oh, uh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Bending to the authority or the control of, of, of actual sin. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Because we real, I'm going to go ahead. Sin got some of y'all bent over. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Got y'all in a crazy, awkward position. Some like to say, dog, get stuck. You understand what I'm saying? But this is how sin got you. It got you bent all over. You have submitted to the authority of sin, and it has you under its power, underneath its control. You can't do what you want to do because you are under the control of another, and it is called sin. You're submitted to sin. Even when you don't want to be, sin is reigning. It is ruling in your heart. Even when you don't want to be, you find yourself bending to the will of sin. Bending to the purpose of sin. Bending to the plan of sin. Bending to the ways of sin. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Help us, God. When we move to the end, we're talking about masochism, right? And masochism is simply sexual gratification from being subjected to physical pain, right? Now, mind you, sin, when you talk about sadism, sin was actually inflicting the pain, right? Now we're talking about the one who's actually been subjected to the pain, where you find yourself in this position where now I find myself subjected to this physical pain or humiliation. Sin does whatever it wants to do with me because I have no control right so if I experience physical pain uh, you know what I'm saying emotional pain mental pain right think about it the Bible says to flee fornication and if you find yourself not fleeing fornication but find yourself laying in a bed with multiple people and I'm not saying no no menage to none of that stuff but I'm just saying having multiple sex partners understand you're going to find some pain whether it be physical pain because you got up with an STD oh yeah uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that right there whether you got up with a broken heart or whether you got up with your head all messed up because now you feel like you can't get past them get over them get around them you feel like life is all over because they were just the cream of a crop no the devil is alive you got to understand you got to understand this is the sin this is the product of the sin this is something that has come by way of the sin physical pain a broken heart or emotional pain a broken heart you got to understand a mind that is now so jacked up right because all you can think about is him all you can think about is her right understand it's not just about him it's not just about her you got to understand this is how sin will actually mess you up and if it's not the pain that it brings it's the humiliation I shouldn't have trusted him Lord have mercy. Do you know somebody? Can you relate? I, I, I shouldn't have trusted her. Uh, you, you, you know, I, I judged the book by its cover, and the cover looked real, real good to me, right? And so rather reading some of the pages of the book, I like how the cover looked to me, and so I just jumped head first in it, and I thought we was going to oh, live happily ever after, only to find out that my heart was broken, only to find out that my mind was messed up, only to find out that I now got a soul tie. It's been five years, but every now and then, 
then, oh, somebody help me right here. Every now and then I find myself still thinking about them. You know what? I got up, getting ready to make me some oatmeal, but in the midst of making some oatmeal, they started running through my mind. Oh, so tired, so tired, so tired, so tired. Something told me, let me just go see what they up to. Let me just see what they look like. See what their life is about. Check them out on the IG. Check them out on the Facebook. You understand? Let me just take a look. So ties, what that's called. Messed up because of an SNM in relationship with sin. Sin, right? Sin. So as we go back over to Romans chapter number 6, right, verse number 12, the Bible declares, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof, right? And again, when we talk about sin, sin is actually defined as what? It's a violation of God's divine word in thought or in act right it's a violation of God's divine word so when you find yourself operating moving in sin the scripture or the definition is letting us know that you are in violation of God's divine word and that comes by way of thought I'm doing this by what I'm thinking by what I'm imagining by what I'm fantasizing you got to understand and it's not just here in the head but it's also here in the heart because understand Hebrew culture tells us when they made decisions they made decisions with the heart or with the mind right and throughout scripture you can use a uh, uh, interchangeable use mind and heart interchangeably so understand here or here here or here I am in direct violation of God's word here or here because of what I'm thinking and then once that thing get down in my spirit I begin to go and act it out I'll go and do what started initially as a thought and then moved into a full-blown emotions I begin to feel what I was thinking and, and to the point that it feels right now because it feels right I'm inclined to go and do it because it feels right everything in my body is saying it feels right and so because it feels right I must actually do it this, this, this is how the enemy traces up because it feels right then it must be right because it feels right then it must be true because it feels right then it must be real because it feels right then I, this is what I'm supposed to do because it feels right no, what a deception. The enemy has deceived you. You got to understand. And then you find yourself going to act out what you felt was right. Sin. Definition number two, the Hebraic word picture talks about the fence that surrounds strongly, right? And to give you a glimpse of what I'm talking about, there is an image that we captured, this right here. This is what sin does to you. It's as if you're walling or fencing yourself in, right? And the power of the fence or the power of the wall does not allow you connection or connectivity to those on the outside, right? You'll find yourself being isolated because of sin. I know you're not going to talk to me, but this is one of the telltale signs that when we know people are in sin right you got to understand yes we hear from God yes we have discerning yes we hear the Holy Ghost and all of that stuff but one of the telltale signs is you start to isolate <laughs> uh, you're no longer active as you used to be you don't call as much you don't text as much uh, and notice when you're coming in the company of certain people no you try to avoid certain people and if you work up the courage enough to come in the presence of some of us you avoid making eye contact oh Lord have mercy your eyes become isolated in the interaction right because of the sin right because some of us have tried to master what it is that we deal with but you got to understand you around some folk that can see in the room of the spirit for real you around some people who got the gift of discernment for real you around some people who got the Holy Ghost for real and what you think you're doing in secret no people see you just because we haven't said nothing doesn't mean we don't see you 
Because there's some of them, they only think apostle can see. What a deception. 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 See how? See how sin has got you walled off to left to deal with you, left to your thoughts and left to your emotion. And you know how some of us, some of us can get crazy. We can think some crazy things. We can, we can feel some crazy things. We can imagine some crazy things. And we sure can act crazy too, right? Now imagine left dealing with you all the time. And this is what sin is actually doing. Whether it's just you, it appears to be you, but you got to understand the fence of the wall is actually the sin that's barricading you in. So you're actually left dealing with you, but it's the sin that's keeping you in place. Imagine trying to move forward, but sin is like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> that reminds me when the men had the uh, fellowship recently, and, and, and we went to go play ball. Brother Trent, brother Trent, brother Trent, brother Trent. Ah, uh, yeah. Looks can be deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. I didn't know he was as strong as he was, right? And even though I'm a little short, thin dude, you got to understand, I love going down in the blocks for some of y'all that don't know basketball terminology. That, that means that's that post-up game, that back, back to the basket game. I love that right there. Yes, I can dribble and cross and all that stuff. I got a wet jump and all of that stuff, but I love going... In the blocks, that's my office. You got to understand. And I tried it with Brother Trent, Brother Trent, Brother Trent. And you know, I, I was like, this is my first time ever playing with him, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna see what he's working with, right? So you got to understand, this is what I do. I, this is my office. So I get in my office, thinking about to unlock the door and go in my office, and I bounce the ball like one time, and then boom, two times. And I felt this this strong hand in my back. I was like. Oh, oh Jesus, I can't even, oh Jesus, I can't even move, oh Jesus, I can't even go back. My, my objective is to move back towards the goal with my back. And then, you know, put that fancy footwork on him. You understand, twist here, twirl there, uh, head fake here, and then uh, lay it up right there. Two points for me, you understand what I'm saying? But he put a stop to that when he put that strong hand in my back. And I quickly realized, up, oh, that's not going to be possible. He's taken away one of my triple threats. So now I'm down to two threats. That is me driving, that is me utilizing my fancy dribbling skills as well as my jumper so I'm just left to deal with that right now because he's taking away my third threat that is living in the box that is living in the blocks down there you got to understand oh I was greatly deceived by the man of God he was stronger than he appeared I was like mm, can't do that and see that's what it is that's how sin is right when you are trying to make it forward advancement or forward progress because sin has fenced you in or walled you in it's like that strong hand that Trent put in my back it's just like uh uh you're not going anywhere no, but 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 I want to be free. Ah, uh, uh, no, but I want to uh, uh, let the conviction of God's word deal with me. I want to go and lay and pour my heart out at the altar. Ah, uh, ah, uh, you're not going anywhere. I want to cry out before the Lord. Nope, it's just me and you left to deal with us. Because you're in relationship with me. You understand? So, so he says, let not sin. Paul is telling them, he said, don't let this sin therefore reign in your mortal body, right? And this word reign is talking about don't let this sin rule in your physical mortal body, nor to allow it to have exercise kingly power over you. See, it, 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 you got to understand a king's word is only good within his domain, the kingdom in which he rules, right? And so think about this little empire. Think about this little kingdom that you have actually built for you and sin, right? 
everything that exists on the inside of this fence or on the inside of this wall has now become the domain of sin, right? Sin rules it. And guess what? It's you are his subject. You are its servants, right? And so understand, it's reigning in your physical mortal body and it is exercising kingly power. Whatever the decree is that comes forth from sin, you have no choice but to do it. You have no choice but to come subject to it. We're talking about believers and people being in an S&M relationship with sin. Huh, my God. So he says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Right. And think about it. this word lust is it's plural. It's, it's plural. And it's talking about, listen, if sin is going to reign in your mortal body and, and exercise kingly power over you, right? He said, listen, that you should obey it in the lust of love. You have become obedient to this thing based on the lust that is currently present. The lust that is already there. And lust is described or defined as those cravings, things that you crave. Things that you crave, people that you crave, things that you want to do with the people that you crave. Oh, Lord have mercy. Longings, longing for people, longing to do certain things with certain people and desires. Notice what it said. And desires for what is forbidden. Oh, Lord have mercy. It's, it's forbidden. If you're not married, fornication is forbidden. It's forbidden for you to walk around in lust, having lust of the eyes as well as lust of the flesh. It is forbidden for you to walk around in pride all day. It's forbidden for you to just walk around in anger. We're talking about standing in love. And this is where most of us are falling in love. Because rather than being in a relationship with the one true God, the one that has came to set you free, the one that is speaking and declaring truth to you, right? We, some of us are in relationship, matter of fact, an S&M relationship with sins. And think about it. This relationship that some of us are involved in with sin, the premise or the foundation of this lust. Cravings, longings, and desires for what is bidden. <laughs> you tell me, what type of relationship do you think is going to be if this is the foundation? This foundation is built off of lust. Now, when you think about any other normal relationship, you'll hear people say, we can't have no relationship without trust. No, the truth is you can't have trust without communication. So your relationship is only as strong as your communication because trust is built by communication. So if there's little communication, there is going to be little trust. Uh, but if there is an abundance of communication, there is going to be an abundance of trust. So relationships should be built upon the foundation of the communing, the conversing, the communication, which establishes trust. But in this S&M relationship with sin, the foundation is built upon lust, cravings, longings, and desires for what is forbidden. Mm, my, 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 my. Lord, help us, Jesus. So you only know that destruction is down the line. Devastation is coming. Heartbreak is coming. Loneliness is coming. You are, uh, feeling like you have lost your mind is coming. Soul ties are coming. Because of what the foundation of this relationship is 
built upon. Lust. Dealing with low self-esteem and low self-worth. I desire to be seen and viewed as others are. I desire to be accepted and embraced as others are. And because of these lusts, I find myself craving this attention and longing for this attention. That's why when nobody's looking, that's why I will allow sin to gag me so I ain't got to confess about how I'm sliding in and out of people's DMs. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me, but I'm going to show enough talk to you. Sliding in and out of folks' DM, sliding them pictures, uh, all type of pictures that you know you should not be sending. And when you're not sending, you're actually looking at pictures that you know you shouldn't be looking at. Come on, man of God. Come on, woman of God. Get some discipline about yourself. Oh, Lord, help us real good in here. Help us real good in here. Right. So now we're going to flip over to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter number five, and we're going to land on verse number one. Galatians chapter number five. Right. Paul tells us, he says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ have made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast. And see, this is the problem that we have in the body of Christ. Stand fast. Right. We don't have many believers standing fast, wanting to stand up quickly, wanting to stand and be firm fast or quickly. Now, you got folk when it comes to the things of God, the purpose of God, the will of God, the plan of God, the word of God, the call that is a place upon your life. You got folk moving slow, standing up real, real slow, taking a sweet time as if time is on your side. Time is not on your side. If you ever get an understanding about time, you'll realize you're living on borrowed time. And I'm not talking about because you have been in an accident. No, you should have died. That's one concept. But understanding that time belongs to God, right? And there is a certain time frame that God is. You got to understand. I heard a preacher say it like this here. Purpose has a time limit. Oh, Lord have mercy. And that's what most of us uh, don't have any knowledge or any understanding about. That the purpose that God has placed on the inside of you, it has a time limit. Think about some of the things that, that, that we're called to do. Like, look at me, right? When you think about the word seasons and, and time, right? These are words that are dealing with opportunity and chances and things of this nature right here, right? So understand, right? When I was about 20 years old or 20 plus one, I had a chance or an opportunity to go to school. And for whatever reason, you could say I moved here to North Carolina, I still had an opportunity to go and finish my degree. I elected not to. But in now, even though God has given me an opportunity to go back to school to do it, I'm doing it out of season. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody. I'm doing it out of the appointed time. Even though he's graced me, this is why some days it's been overwhelming. This is why it's been so stressful having to do it later in life. And I got three children, you got to understand, who still needs a father. I got a wife that still needs a husband, right? And, and I'm still having the responsibility of ministry, right? This is why it seems so, because some of the things that you're doing, you're doing it outside of the time frame that it was supposed to be done. Even though there is grace, uh, you're still doing it outside of the time frame. I wish I had some help. And you got to understand purpose as a time frame. So we wish we had some people that would stand fast, who would stand quickly, who would stand firm, who would persevere. Therefore, in the liberty, right, wherewith Christ has made us free. 
We need people to stand up and be firm and persevere in the liberty that God has given us. He has made us free through his death upon the cross and through the resurrection. He has made us free. And the scripture says, well, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Be not entangled, right? So, so when you talk about entangled, entangled is defined simply as this, right? He says, don't be held. And this is what some of us, we have went back and entangled ourselves in a relationship, an S&M relationship with sin. Now sin is holding you. Now sin is holding you to where you feel trapped. Oh, you feel trapped. No matter what you do, you feel trapped. No matter how you try to devise a plan to get out of this, uh, do something differently, you still feel trapped. Because no matter if I go this way, if I go this way, it seems like sin keeps meeting me there, right? Because every door that you have tried to prepare or every door that you have tried to create, the Bible says sin lies at the door waiting, right? So every door that you have tried to make in this fence or wall that you wall, sin meets you at the door. So you feel trapped lord have mercy lord help us real good and the only way you're going to get untrapped is to allow god to free you all over again right and then this is the definition that i really love about being entangled right some of us get entangled by way of sin because it says to hold the grudge against somebody right to hold the grudge against somebody right and that's a lingering ill will right towards a person right towards a person and that's a it's, it's a for real or an imagined wrong. You notice what I say? Grudge is also defined as a lingering ill will towards a person for a real or imagined wrong. I got ill will or ill feelings or ill thoughts about someone for something that they might have actually done or something that I imagined that they did. I imagine this all on my own. In my head, I came up with this idea on my own that they did this right here. They said this, but I heard this right here. And so because of what I perceived to hear or because of what I perceived their actions to be, I have a grudge with them. And you don't understand that grudge has allowed sin the opportunity to come into your life, to ensnare you, to trap you. And one of the easiest things when you talk about how sin walls you in based upon the grudge. Anger is one of the first things that accompanies this grudge. Because you're mad about what you believe was done to you. You're mad about what was actually done to you to the point that it has created thoughts about what you think or, or, or you have experienced that they did unto you. You got real emotions about it, angry emotions about it, right? And if you don't check that anger, that anger will turn into resentment. And if you don't check that resentment, that resentment, this is why the root of bitterness begins to spring up, right? And if you don't check that bitterness, now you have full-blown unforgiveness in your heart. But the Bible says if you want to be forgiven, you have got to be forgiven. If our Father which is in heaven is going to forgive you, you must forgive. And if you're being real, if you're being real, I hope I'm dealing with real people. If 
you being real, let's be honest. Some days it's hard to get past what you said. Some days it's hard to get past what you've done. Some days it's hard to get past how you acted with me, how you shut me down, how you disregarded me, how you just pushed me off to the side, how you just dismissed me as if I was nobody, like I don't have self-worth, like there's no value to me, like you devalue me. No, I'm sick of being devalued by you. I'm sick of you trampling on my self-worth, the value of who I am. I'm speaking of the value of who I am because I, just like you, have been created in the image of God, and I'm sick of how you're treating me. If you're not careful, this is what we talk about. You'll find yourself reacting and not responding. A response is what God wants you to do. God wants to speak to you so that you can respond a certain way, not react to what is being said or done to you. And if I'm really being honest with myself, there are many days I find myself reacting rather than responding. I hear you, God, but I chose to ignore you uh, because right now I'm sick of folk thinking they can get over on me, God. I'm sick of them acting like I'm a pushover because I'm a believer, God, because I'm a pastor, God. No, you got to understand I'm a pastor that will still throw these hands. You got to understand the only reason I haven't thrown these hands in a good little while is because I have disciplined myself according to his word, according to his spirit. You got to understand well, Paul, he's telling us, he said, listen, you got to be free. He said, and, and, and not entangle again with the yoke of bondage, right? There's that word bondage again. Bring you into the servanthood or subjugation to a controlling person or force sin. Huh? All right. Now we're jumping over. Follow me. Follow me now. We're jumping over to the book of Psalms, right? We're jumping over to the book of Psalms. Psalm uh, chapter number 19, verse number 13, right? And, and, and this is where we find the title of the text, right? As we're talking about this subject of sin having dominion over us, right? Talking about a strange love. It is a strange love to be in a relationship with sin, allowing sin to control you. And, and the truth be told, like we said, because it's S&M, some of you find pleasure in it because the scripture lets us know that sin is pleasurable for a certain amount of time. So the psalmist tells us, he says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression the psalmist this is what the psalmist is saying to the lord keep back thy servant from the presumptuous sins presumptuous sins in the hebrew is talking about it's a proud willful sin meaning you feel proud when you willfully go and sin uh, and you felt good about what you did even though you know it was wrong right you let it go to your head you got the big head about it doing it willfully and you were proud while you were doing it uh, see there are some folk who are proud when they masturbate proud when they fornicate proud when you're thinking about cussing folk out proud when your anger is on display Proud when you are not being loving to the people of God. Proud when you can dismiss folk as if they're not you because you got a title and they don't have a title. But you got to understand the Bible says God has no respect to person. You got to understand how God sees you. God sees both of y'all as his children. But you, because you got a title, thinking you greater, thinking you better, you have deceived yourself. Presumptuous sins. Proud. Willfully sinning, willfully sinning, 
I'm 20 plus one. I pay my own bills. I'm an independent man, independent woman. Listen, I got to tell nobody where I'm going. I ain't got to tell nobody what I'm doing. You're a bold-faced liar. If you want to be held accountable, this is what accountability is. Listen, if you ain't going to do nothing great, why you got a problem with telling somebody where you going and what you're doing? It's only a problem if you don't want to be accountable. It's only a problem if you have the mindset to go and do something that is forbidden. Talking about those lusts. Forget you 20 plus one. Ask me how old I am. I, when my wife is at work and I can't communicate, I tell my children. I don't have to tell my children where I'm going. I tell my children down to my 10 year this is where I'm going. You know why? Just in case something, I pray God forbid, but just in case something were to happen to me, somebody knows where I was headed. Yeah, I'm being accountable. I'm being accountable. There's a principle that I learned from Apostle. How he, he, he was like, I don't go nowhere by myself. And see, listen, people don't understand, especially in our church, we're a very loving church, a very touchy-feely, hugging church, right? And some of the relationships are really, really tight. We see some of the people as real sisters and brothers, like, like real, listen, you can't tell me some of these folk are not my sister and brother. I'll give an example. Prophet's Benita, I'm not her biological, but you can't tell me she don't see me as her biological. She sees me as her biological brother. And I appreciate that, that she views me and sees me and treats me as her biological brother. Even though we got different mothers, we got the same father. You understand what I'm saying? The same father. The same father. The same father. So coming back to my point. When you want to be accountable. And you know the intent is not to go do anything that's forbidden. Then you don't mind telling for what you're going to do. Who you're going to be with. And what you're going to do. You take it as, you let the enemy take it as, I don't want folk in my business. Listen, God gave the prophet the ability to see into the bed chambers of the king. And you think your little life is so hidden, your life ain't so secret that God won't tap us into what's going on with you? I saw you deceiving your silly self. But let me tell you this. God even told me something because money. Money, 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 money. Some of y'all, God has allowed you to be blessed. You're making more money in your life than you ever have, ever have, ever have at this juncture in your life, right? But you know what God told me? God said money buys an escape. I was like, huh? What do you, what do you mean? He said some people have gotten a promotion, more money. They're not using the more money to be a blessing. They're not using the more money to help advance the kingdom. They're using the money to buy an escape. Every other week, we, they out of town. Every other week, they're going on vacation. Every other week, they're going to see somebody. What? Why don't you make your way to Charlotte and come to the altar and get hands laid on it so you can get delivered and set free and made whole? How about do that? Buy a ticket to Charlotte. Oh, you don't want to come here and get no hands laid on you. But you'll fly out the country. And you'll fly across the state, other states to go sin, forbidden lust. Claiming this, I'm going to go check the stop line. All the people you got right there in your city, within your congregation, and you're not even checking on them. And we supposed to believe that you're flying out the country or flying across the state? 
to go check on somebody? Oh, you cut it out. Because that ain't even your nature. Stop lying. What a deception. Who you think you fooling? That lying spirit you operating in. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So understand, listen. Keep back that servant also from presumptuous sin. Those proud, willful sin. Let them not have to make the psalmist say, don't let these sin, these proud sins have dominion over me, God. Don't let this sin control me or have influence over me, God. I, I really want to be subject to you, God. I really want to obey your will, God. Obey your word. Come subject to your spirit, God. I really want to yield my members unto righteousness, God. But there is another force at work in my life, and it has influence over me. Uh, not just influence, but it's controlling me. Uh, something on the inside is telling me to raise my hand in agreement with what's being spoken on this morning. But in the midst of trying to raise my hand, uh, that sin on the inside of me say, put it down. And I find my hand going right back down. Oh, and it's such a frustration on the inside because I really want to lift my hands in agreement with what God is saying. Because it's really convicting me and it's dealing with me. But there is another force that is controlling me. There is another force that is influencing me saying, don't you say amen. Don't you come in agreement with that. Don't you nod your head. Don't you tap your feet. Don't you wave your hand. Don't you raise your hand. Don't say hallelujah. Don't say thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, you scoff at the word. Pick your nose up at the word. Uh, have a proud look on your face. That's what sin is telling you to do. It has dominion over you. So the psalmist says, keep back that servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent. I shall be upright. If you don't allow sin to have dominion over me, God, I can be upright. <laughs> do, do, do you see the scripture? Be upright. Right? But we talked about one of the definitions of sin. Right? It, it has you bent over. To its authority. You, 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 you live in a life that is one that is bent over. You can't even stand up straight. You can't even walk straight. You can't even stand fast or stand tall and perseverance or, and be persistent and be firm at what God has said. Because sin has you bent over. You have got to change your posture. You've got to let Jesus come in so he can change your posture. He can change your position from you being a slave to you being a free man to you being a free woman. Oh, we ain't going to get no help right there. He said, then I shall be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Right? Transgression. And the Hebrew is talking about I'll be free from this great rebellion <laughs> and you don't want to talk about how great rebellion is on the inside of you oh lord have mercy right there lord have mercy lord have mercy if i were to say go ahead and open your mouth and give him praise right here in the midst of this hard word i know this word is challenging you it's confronting you uh, you got to understand but open your mouth and give god praise lift your hand and wave it right there say yes god it's me oh but you got to understand because there was a great rebellion on the inside you will rebel or sin will cause you to rebel against the prophetic instructions that will come your way. He said, no, from this, this, this great transgression, this great rebellion. And then uh, transgression is also defined as to break away from just authority. 
<laughs> oh, to, you, uh, this is what sin does. When you find yourself in an essence relationship with sin, uh, oh, see, see, this just authority, this just authority, meaning the word of God, the ways of God, the ways and the biblical principles of the kingdom of God, even those that God has called into your life, right, to, to actually be over you, right, to have authority over you as your spiritual leaders, right? Notice you will find yourself because of this sinful relationship with sin, this essence relationship. You will find yourself breaking away from just authority. That's why you don't read your word as much. That's why you don't pray. And even when you do pray, you're not trying to press in. You're not trying to bombard heaven. You're not trying to get an answer. You're not trying to seek his face. you just trying to pray for the sake of if anybody were to ask me that I prayed, I'm going to shut them down and say, yes, I did pray with your pride forever against self. You're not praying because you're trying to get an answer. You're not praying for somebody to be healed. You're not praying for somebody to be delivered and set free. You're not praying for somebody to be made whole. You're not praying for the people in your family that you see struggling, bound by addiction, bound by perversion, bound by pornography. You're not praying to say God set them free. That's why you don't pray. That's why you don't fast. That's why you're not in your word. That's why we can't find no praise in your mouth. Can't hear no praise in your mouth. There be no worship on this player. That's why nobody's invited to come hang out with you. Because that's a demonstration of love. Having fellowship with one another. Having feast with one another. Going to eat with people. Spending time with people. Being present in the lives of other people. Nah, but guess what? We can bank on you being somewhere else. Uh, you'll be around a sin but you ain't going to be around the saints uh, and you talking about you got love in your heart the devil has deceived you because the Bible said this is how they're going to know that you're a believer by the way you love other Christians not the world when your go to is to run around a sinner now you tell me but they ain't judging me Lord have mercy they ain't judging you to your face put it like that Soon as you leave, soon as you hang up the phone, guess what? They got a thought of judgment. They got a word of judgment all about you. Notice, that's what, mm, judgment, that's what that is. They're judging you. When they say something about your outfit, you, you wore that. Judging you. Lord have mercy, you ain't going to help me. But thank God somebody trying to help you. Somebody is trying to help you. And this is what that great transgression does. It allows us to break away or forces us or controls us to break away from just authority. Come from underneath the authority of God's word. Come from underneath the authority of those that God placed over me in authority. Come from underneath the authority of a life or a spirit that's prayerful. Come from underneath the authority of the principles of God's word. Come from underneath the ordinances of God's word, the commandments of God's word, the statutes and the precepts of God's word. It sin forces you to break away from this just authority. And since we're talking about love, this why it becomes a strength love because you be acting strange around us uh, you be talking strange around us uh, you be looking strange around us all because sin got you acting strange uh, and got you operating in a strange love Lord help us I'm, I'm running through stay in the same chapter stay in the same 
uh, book, I mean, the same book. We're going over the Psalms 119, right? And verse 133. And the Bible says what? It says, order my steps in thy word. Who come on, help us, Holy God. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Order my steps, right? And when you're talking about order, see, that's what's wrong. Sin has caused your steps to become unordered. They're no longer fixed in the ways of God's word. They're no longer established in the ways of God's word. And it has allowed you to walk any kind of way now. This is why you find yourself over here. You find yourself over there. You find yourself here with this person, there with that person. You find yourself walking through somebody's mind, walking in somebody's DMs. You got to understand, walking in all these perverted chats, uh, walking in all these perverted text messages. Why? Because your steps are no longer ordered in the word of God. You got to ask God, I order my steps all over again, God. Fix them according to your word. Establish my steps according to your word. And let not any iniquity have dominion. There's that word dominion again. But he said, and let not iniquity have dominion. Not just sin, but dominion. This is what is produced or a product of this SNM relationship with sin. It's not just sin, but it's also iniquity. Oh, you don't even understand. You have against your own will. You have been forced into menage en toi. You have been forced into a threesome. Now sin ain't just having its way with you. Sin said, listen, we're going to invite somebody else into this relationship. Come on, iniquity. Listen, we're going to let you in this thing too. Have your way with him. Have your way with her. It's not just sin now, but sin has invited Another individual into the relationship that is now dominating you, tying you up, gagging your mouth, tickling you. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm saying. Putting clamps on you, pinching you, shocking you, all kind of stuff. Spanking you, got whips and all kinds of stuff. Sin has now brought about the help of iniquity. Come on. He like it. He like it rough. Whew. Lord, she like it rough. Oh, come on. Lord, help us right here. She like this right here. He like this right here. Yo, help us, God. Help us. Help us, God. Because you don't understand how much trouble you are in. You don't walled yourself in with sin and iniquity. And this is what iniquity says. Iniquity is defined simply as this. It is the wickedness of your thought process the wickedness of your thought process uh, uh, and let's be real some of us uh, I know you say sanctified and Holy Ghost spit and fire baptized uh, but even with the Holy Ghost and the fire that's burning on the inside of you there were some days and there were some mornings and surely there were some nights that, that you have some wicked thoughts uh, and you have some wicked thoughts uh, oh wicked thoughts that you want to go and do uh, wicked thoughts that you want to pursue wicked imaginations uh, wicked fantasies that you created in your mind that you actually want to go and do step out and walk out in accomplish uh, see what it feels like see what it be about what is all the hype about this here because some of y'all the truth be told there was some stuff you didn't get to experience before you got saved and the truth be told there was still a lust uh, uh, to experience some of the things that you wanted to experience uh, and you with your bad self thinking ain't nobody gonna know I ain't got to tell nobody God I want to go this is why you find yourself creeping on Facebook going to go check on somebody wickedness but then look at it. Uh, iniquity is defined immoral conduct or practices harmful or offensive to society. Immoral conduct or practices harmful or offensive to society. 
In this case, who is society? The church. The bride, uh, the body of Christ. Uh, so when you are allowing iniquity to have its way with you, with these wicked thoughts, uh, with these wicked thoughts, uh, and you're actually committing immoral conduct or practices that are harmful or offensive, uh, it is harmful or offensive to the church body. And this is why don't nobody want to be saved. Uh, with all the stuff that we're doing, all the prayers, uh, all the evangelistical teachings that we're doing, this is why nobody don't want Jesus. This is why nobody don't want to come to your church. Because listen, all of this iniquity, this wickedness, this immoral conduct and practice, it is harmful to the body. It is offensive to the body. Nobody wants to be a part of that. Because they see how y'all as believers get along. Only when apostle around, we're going to talk. Oh. <laughs> Only when apostle around, we're going to act like we love one another. We're going to talk to one another. We're going to sit down and grin in each other's face. Uh, uh, but some of y'all, y'all just as far as I am from Lakeland, Florida, here in North Carolina. That's how far y'all are in the room of the spirit. That's how distant y'all are. I know y'all sitting next to one another, cheek to cheek, smiling, laughing, and kiki and ha-ha. But in the room of the spirit, when we check you out, you this far, baby. You this far. Even though you give us the appearance that you like this, but you this far. Wicked. Acting like you care for folk. Acting like you concerned about folk. But you got to remember the Bible declares that his eyes, God's eyes are in every place beholding. Notice the placement of the words. Beholding the evil and the good. He see your evil before he see your good. God sees your evil before he sees your good. Now, if you want to look at the placement, I'm so glad that good is last because, oh, oh, I know you saw my evil first, but God, you stopped and you ended on my good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You ended with seeing my good, God. I bless his wonderful name. I bless his wonderful name. So he says, let not iniquity have dominion over me, right? And I'll find the scripture, right? We go into the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 29, right? Proverbs 29 and verse number 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, if you're really being real, if you're really being honest, some of us got caught up in this relationship wasn't your intent to be in a relationship, an SNM relationship with sin and now iniquity? It happened because you just wanted to be happy. Mm. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking? You just wanted to be happy. Mm. Oh, to my single folk out there, you just wanted to be happy uh, because you 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 know we still in cuffing season you got to understand we still in cuffing season uh, it's cold outside and everybody's staying warm while they sit next to their boom and they bay and you just like well ain't nobody next to me i'm just i'm tired of this not another year i'm tired of it i just want to be happy and you don't let pharrell sing to you come along you, you understand, because you, you, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, if, if you feel good, come on. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Epidacet to all my Creole-speaking brothers and sisters. Epidacet. You got to come on out of there. It's finished and it's done. Epidacet. It's done, it's done, it's done, it's done, it's done. It's finished. 
Oh yes, oh yes. See, y'all got to understand. I'm bilingual. I'm, I, I, listen, I'm multilingual. You got to understand. <laughs> I speak many languages. You got. Whoa, Lord have mercy. Epidai said, for all of my American brothers and sisters, means it is finished in Creole. It's done. That's what that means. Epidai said, Aleph. Epidai said, Kessia. Epidai said, Nadez. Epidai said. Where there is no vision. In other words, when you have lost sight of who God has called you to be. Man of God. Woman of God. Minister. Prophet. Prophetess. Deacon. Deaconess. Come on evangelist. Come on pastor. You got to understand. When there is no vision. No reminder of who God called you to be. The people perish because they have lost sight of who they are. You have been created in the image of God. You're different. You're in this world, but not of it. You're different. You've always known something was different about you, even though you might have interpreted it as, I feel rejected. I don't feel like I'm received and accepted. Like, because you're different. This is what God is using to set you apart. Got to understand, where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish is simply defined as in the Hebrew, to be loosened of restraint. Now, this is not talking about sin loosening you, but this is talking about the restraint that the Holy Ghost gives through discipline. It's no longer there. When you lose sight of who you are as a man of God, a woman of God, more importantly, as the sons of God, listen, that restraint that, or that discipline that came by way of the word of God or the spirit of God, you've loose, it's loose, you've lost it. That's why I cuss words slip out your mouth. And you should be like, oh, my bad. Don't even feel convicted about it. Don't even pray about it. Because somewhere along the line, as long as you've been in this excellent relationship with sin and now iniquity, you have lost that conviction, lost that honor, lost that respect for God, lost that reverence for God. You no longer see him as a terrible God. Where there is no vision, the people perish. They are loose of the restraint of discipline that comes from the Holy Ghost. Perish now also means uh, when you lose sight of who you are. Because when you understand as a son of the king, as a citizen of the kingdom of God, there was a certain way that I conduct myself, I handle myself, I carry myself. I interact with people a certain way. But when I lose that discipline of the Holy Spirit, when I lose that conviction of the word of God, it brings me to a place where I'm now easily exposed by sin. See, now think about when the scripture talks about love covers a multitude of sin. What sin is trying to do is expose you. Even though you are in a relationship, an S&M relationship, see, behind your back, iniquity and sin are not just conversing with one another, but they're talking to anger about you. They're talking to lust about you. They're talking to low self-esteem about you. They're talking to low self-worth about you. They're talking to rejection about you. Oh, you got to understand they're talking to perversion about you. They're trying to expose you. 
She's not nice for real. He's not humble for real. Right now she's only being nice and he only being humble because I forced them to bend over to my will. I controlled them. That's why it's called false humility, false peace. Sin and iniquity is forcing you to bend over and act like you humble. Act like you love them. Act like you okay. So in the end, sin is just trying to make you naked. Well, all Jesus did on the cross, the love he had for you dying on the cross, allowing his blood to be shed for all of your sins on the cross to cover you. And you just letting sin and iniquity rip the cover of Jesus off of you. Think about when they tore his garments off before he got upon the cross. They did this to shame him. It was to bring shame. You say you're the king of the Jews? Well, let's strip you of your, your king garments, your kingly garments. Because if you're a king, if this is your domain, then you speak the word. Your word has power in your domain. Look at what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to strip you like they stripped Christ. Christ allowed it to happen to him so it doesn't have to happen to you. But this is what this strange love is doing. It's exposing you. And we're not talking about exposure that comes from God, meaning a correction to, to, to speak about what is out of order to bring it back in alignment to get it right. We're talking about an exposure to bring shame. An exposure to not make you live according to guilt. An exposure to make you live according to condemnation. Oh, I'm reminding you, you are the sons of God. And women, I'm not speaking against your gender. When we say sons, we're simply talking about we are people where the character and the nature of God is on display. That's what the sons of God are. <clears throat> so yes, women, you are included in the sons of God. I'm reminding you who you are. You were free. The truth that you know has made you free. The truth. Christ is the person of truth. He is truth. Because you know him, he's made you free. I'm reminding you. Because if I fail to remind you of who you are, the Bible tells us that people will perish. It says, but he that keepeth the law. Come on. So you went about your happiness the wrong way. That man, that woman is not going to make you happy. Them little pornographic images, it may make you happy momentarily. But even that is going to fade. And truth be told, gravity pulls on all of us. <coughs> oh, yes. Gravity pulls on all of us. 
There comes a point. Oh, yeah, there comes a point that for some of us, we were walking around with six packs at, at a nice firm chest, but your chest is sitting in your stomach now. Oh, I know you don't like me. I know you don't like me. Uh, go do some sit-ups and do a plank, 30-second plank to help push it back up. But gravity has a way of pulling on it. It's going to pull on everything. Perk, ain't no perky no more. Child, you... Child, you look like you in when you look like you in some village from around the world. Some of y'all, please don't bend over, cause them joints is hitting your knees. I, I know you don't like me, but I'm gonna go ahead. And, gravity has a way of pulling on all of us. You went about your happiness the wrong way. If you wanna be happy, keep the word of God. Hmm. Say that again. If you want to be happy, keep the word of God. The Bible declares the joy of the Lord is your strength. Talk about, I'm just, I'm, I just find myself keep falling. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Keep the word of God and you'll be happy. And stop letting Pharrell sing to you and preach to you. Because you happy. The devil is a lie. Because the truth be told, some of y'all are not happy in your SM relationship with sin. It's a strange love. Oh, but thank God, God got somebody that has tapped into it to help understand what you're dealing with. Understand how the enemy, sin, and iniquity has fenced and walled you in. And just, just, just controlling you, influencing you. No, today I'm calling you out of that strange love back to a pure love with God. Back to a sincere love. Back to a real love with God. Back to an unconditional love with God. Man of God, woman of God, sons of God. Come back to the love of God. Amen. I pray you were blessed by the word of God. I pray that you receive something in your heart. Remember. Uh, this is what I want you to understand. Not calling you out. I'm calling you up. You'll know when I'm calling you out because I'm going to say roll call and then I'm going to start calling names. I'm not calling you out. I'm calling you up to a life of holiness, a life of righteousness. There was a standard in the house of God. There was a standard in the kingdom of God. I'm calling you up. Come up, man. Come up, woman. Come up, sons of God. So I pray that you were blessed by the word of God in Jesus' mighty name. Word. Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchoffilla.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social. To like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchoffilla.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.